You believe the Cubs are in the World Series again every goddamn year. I know, isn't it? It's annoying. It's the same shit every year. <laughs> it's getting, you know, as a sort of Mariners fan, uh, it's, it's getting pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when the Cubs are in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh, well, okay, pretty soon it's just going to be us. <laughs> It is this is, why, this is why I don't like baseball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and what's with Cleveland? Cleveland can't stop winning. It's no fair. <laughs> they win all the championships. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's rigged. <laughs> Just like the election. <laughs> Just like the election. <laughs> the whole thing is rigged. Yep. The system is flawed. How are you, John? I am fine. And how are you? Good. I'm a little chilly. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting. What's it like there? What's it like there these days? 59, 58, 59. That's not bad. Yeah, that's about what it is here. Yeah. Can't complain. Yeah. I'm in the basement, though, so it's cold. It's cooler <laughs> down here. <laughs> I'm. My office is chilly. It is. I actually, I've, you know, I'm a very delicate individual, and I'm very sensitive <laughs> to minor fluctuations in temperature. But I'm at the uh, the north end of the house, and so... I get that my office gets uh, does not get the sunlight, mm-hmm. and, and I that makes the difference. You know, like yep. what's yep. what's temperate throughout the the main floor of the house is a little chilly in here. Yeah, well, I podcast in the basement, and usually it's about the same all year round. I would say um, my office is up in the what is was the attic. It's a ref, it's a finished attic, and um, it is it is boiling hot in the summer and freezing cold in the winter. <laughs> And there's like there's like three days on either you know where those two meet where it's decent, so kind of screwed. It's a great place, you know. The, the boiling hot part is a particularly nice place to have a bunch of computer equipment. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It's good for the equipment, really. Yeah, yeah. Everything I know about computers <laughs> is that it's very, very good for them to be, <laughs> and and to be subject to uh, you know wild temperature changes. <laughs> <laughs> Wire, wires and things love that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Thursday. Yeah. I will be flying out tomorrow. We're recording on Tuesday. show will, yep. will air. I'll probably post it from an airplane tomorrow. I'm sure that'll work perfectly well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and then I will be there on Thursday. I'm excited. I feel like yeah. I feel like this is a good one because we don't we don't know what the hell is going on really. No, not I mean not really. I mean there's been there have been some rumors about the the new MacBook Pro. Right. That's but, the only thing I know about though. Yeah, and I feel like everything else is sort of unknown, you know. Like then there's yeah. rumors that there's gonna be a new another new we'll get to all this in detail, but there's yeah. rumors that there's gonna be another in addition to the MacBook Pro, a thirteen inch MacBook of some sort, whether this is an updated Air, whether it's a new 13-inch regular Retina MacBook, which makes no sense to me. Um, we don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm in the market. Are you really? Yeah, because my my MacBook Air is a 2012. Ooh, and, so that's uh, that's good yeah. timing. Yeah. So yeah. this is really exciting for you. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that maybe I would get this year's MacBook when that came out in the spring, but I was like. That wasn't quite a big enough update. It's a beautiful little machine. It's yeah. so nice. It, it really is the most beautiful Mac 
that Apple's ever made. Every time I see it in the Apple store, and I just, you know, I told you, I've told you, but if you listen to the show, but whoever the guests were in the last few weeks, <laughs> that we had a weird problem with Amy's Apple Watch where the back mm-hmm. came off and, and we went right. and I picked it up. And um, so I've been in the Apple store a lot recently. And every time I walk by, I always think, God damn, that's a nice little laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, um, what, what are your feelings on the keyboard? I could live with it. I'm, yeah. I, 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 I haven't spent significant time. Like I never got like a review unit of the, the regular MacBook, so I've never spent like a significant amount of time on it. But I'm sure that I could get used to it. Anything yeah. that has actual physical keys, I'm sure I could get used to. I think mm-hmm. if in a hypothetical future where they go to some kind of touchscreen like surface for the keyboard to make it even thinner, I might have a serious problem then. But yeah, I would in, have a problem with that too. Up until that point, I'm sure I could get used to it because I like, I do like, and it's, you know, it's funny because I like a real old fashioned mechanical clicky keyboard, right? but that's just what I prefer. So anything less than that is, it's, you know, fine. It's, it's not what I prefer, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the, yeah, the baseline is some motion, Um, but glass is not, is not really going to cut it. I was, I was at, I'm trying to remember. I think this was when Hank broke the screen of his uh, iPhone 6S. Yeah, 6S. Um, and over the summer, we went in there. And um, one the genius that was helping me was typing on her iPad. And just like, I mean, it looked like 65, 70 words a minute. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how do you do that? I, but I guess you know maybe people maybe people now you know the kids these days maybe coming up uh, learning how to type on glass screens much faster than we can. Yeah, I've spoken to some people at Apple who've said, and this was like from a couple years ago that yes, that you know, and and like in the interim since I've had this discussion with people at Apple, they've come out with the the smart keyboard cover for iPad, which has physical moving keys. So it's not like they're saying, hey, you know we don't need physical moving keys, but that, you know, don't under, if you say you can't type on an iPad, don't, don't assume that that means everybody can't type. And the younger it goes, the, you know, the more natural it seems because it's just what they grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and you're, you're missing a thumb, right? Yes, that is correct. So I would think that's even harder. <laughs> and my, and my left, my left. I mean, it's, it's not missing. It's there. It's just kind of hanging on by right. like a thread, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know where it is. <laughs> I do have I did suffer an injury and I don't know what happened. My left ring finger feels like the 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 first knuckle. Uh like I uh, we used to call them dummies when I was in my high school basketball like you'd get a dummied finger like so your finger wasn't broken, didn't have a broken bone, but oh, like, you couldn't feel it. No, but you know like have you ever in, in basketball it happens all the time if you catch a ball the wrong way, but if it you know you it would swell up at the knuckle real bad. Okay. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to like flex it all the way, but you know, you could like tape it up and it'd, it'd be all right. Um, it's just one of those little things where you get old and stuff doesn't heal <laughs> quickly. Like, I don't know what happened. It, I know it was over summer though, because I know that I noticed it when my family was on vacation. And this, so this was like early August and I was like, I don't know what the heck I did. Like if I jammed it on a door or what the heck I did, but I noticed I woke up one morning and my left index finger was swollen and hurt, like swollen enough that I wouldn't be able to get my wedding ring off. You know, I still can't, and now it's it's the end of wow. October. <laughs> I still can't, and it still hurts a little bit. 
And it just seems like the sort of thing, like when I was like 17, like you, I could, it would be injured 10 times worse, like, like a golf ball swollen. And three days later, it would be back to normal. You realize you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be trouble in trouble if Amy leaves you. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm going to have to get the jaws of life out. <laughs> you realize, you do realize, I realize as, as I rock it through in, into deeper into my forties that when you're a young person, you really are sort of, you're, you're sort of like halfway to like being like Wolverine. <laughs> you don't appreciate it at the time, but as you get no, older, you definitely don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find, I found that I like, I'm, you know, I'm a bit older than you, but I, but I bruise, I get these bruises now and they don't, they just like stick around for like a month. I mean, they don't hurt or anything, but it's like, where did, how did that happen? And why won't it go away? <laughs> I, I have the same thing. I will occasionally pick up a bruise like on the back of my elbow. Right. And it's like, I, I don't remember it hitting anything. I don't I think remember. I think it happens while I'm, while I'm asleep. <laughs> And they don't they don't go away like they used to. I roll over too fast and boom, I got a bruise. Uh so what do we know? We do, all right. So what's coming at this event? The MacBook yeah. Pros is the guarantee. <laughs> right. Right. That's like a That's the one thing that we've seen some pictures of and there've been fairly hefty rumors about. Yeah, German I think maybe gets credit for breaking it first with this they're replacing the F keys above the keyboard with some kind of some kind of touchscreen. I don't know. Somebody at some point somebody says it's an OLED. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, uh, that'll tie into f- the next discussion about the what do you call it? The Google Pixel that I that I got last week. Because um, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I still even though people say they like this Pixel display, I still don't like the colors on an OLED display. But it, that's oh, really? that's neither here nor there right now. Um, some kind of touchscreen strip. And the idea right. would be that it's therefore because it's software, you could, you know, Photoshop could put like a bunch of tools up there, or presumably, you know, maybe like, you know, a word processor could put style stuff. You could just tap yeah. like a bold button or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so 13 inch, 15 inch MacBook Pros, they're supposed to be thinner. And then there is a case leaking. Did you see this thing? There's somebody in China leaked a. Uh, uh, like the top of the case or the unibody enclosure. And I think uh, according to the leak, it's like it's got four USB-C ports, like two on mm-hmm. each side, still has a headphone jack, and then that's it. So no more USB-A ports. USB-A is the the traditional big sort of rectangular. Rectangular one, yeah. USB port that we've known and loved since the iMac in 1998. Uh, so no more USB-A ports and no more SD card slot, no more – what else does the MacBook Pro have? I think it has HDMI, right? Uh, I, think I H- so. I think HDMI is the one, the one that I'm always trying to plug something into, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> so that's the rumor. I, it's probably true, I bet, because it sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it, that makes some sense. Um, and I, you know, I I've been using a MacBook Air for four years, but um, if it's thinner, I might go back to the 13-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah, HDMI there it is on the current one. Um, power to USB. 
the heck is that one? <laughs> so I think I don't know how this is the some of the stuff that I I, I feel like I'm getting old and I'm, I'm out of date on some of this stuff. So uh, USB C I know based on the Retina MacBook that you can use USB C for lots of stuff. So it you know the Retina MacBook has one port. It's USB C. It uses it to charge and it uses it to connect to a display and it uses it because you can do like uh, a Thunderbolt over USB-C uh, and it uses it obviously to connect to any USB peripherals you wanted to connect to. Like, so if, if this new MacBook Pro only has four USB-C ports, then if you wanted to like plug it into power and plug in a peripheral and plug it into a display, would you be able to use any of these ports to plug the display into? Or is there going to be like, well, this is the, you know, you got to use this top left one for the display. Oh, that's a good question. I would think you'd be able to use any of them, but I don't, you know, in the past that some of there have been differences in the USB ports. Like some of them have different, have had different power output. Yeah, I don't know. And how would they differentiate? It seems very un-Apple-like to, to require you to remember that these four ports yeah. that look the same actually are different. I mean, I guess what they could do is is print like a little, I don't know, some kind of little uh, icon next to the one that, you know, but that doesn't mm-hmm. seem right. It seems like you should be able to use any of them for anything, but I don't know if electronically that works out. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that, so. yeah. And that's just part of the, the, is Apple doing the lightning or not the lightning, the, um, what's the line? (laughs) (laughs) Does USB-C have, uh, the Thunderbolt in it? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, but is that Apple's doing or is that the USB-C standard? I think it's the USB-C standard. I think it has something to do with Intel. Okay, well then, then I don't know why they wouldn't all have it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it sounds like a good update to me. I, I don't know. I mean, and suppose you know the whole thing is going to be thinner. Presumably, one of the reasons they're getting rid of USB A is just because by today's standards, that's a big fat port. I'm not saying that the device is actually you know the device is obviously not going to be. No matter how thin it is, it's not going to be so thin that they couldn't put a USB A port in. But I think it, you know you could. I think it's probably going to be thin enough where USB A would look ugly. Yeah. And you know we all know the most important thing when you buy a computer is making sure that the ports look nice. <laughs> VGAs are going to be a VGA port. <laughs> there will be a dongle for VGA. A big. <laughs> I've always been a little Bulbous surprised. VGA port. I've even used it. I have, you know, I still use uh, some standalone cameras. So, I, you know, I have SD cards and I have used, the, you know, the SD, the, the SD slot on my MacBook Pro on occasion. I've always thought it was a little surprising that Apple put an SD card slot in the MacBook Pro. Just yeah. because, and and it's thin, you know, and I I would presume that they could do it on the new one by, you know, it's certainly a pretty thin little slot. It just seems like an unApple like thing to do, though. It seems to me like if you want to use a card, you know, they they want you to be punished by having to use a dongle. <laughs> and I say that I'm being a little facetious, but it's just you know, Apple's you know really takes the minimalism on these ports to an extreme, and adding an SD card slot built in is sort of unusual for Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Still on the iMac too. 
Yeah, I use that too. I've already Which, said that's my favorite game to play on the iMac is plugging. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, on the back of the device, I've, it becomes very difficult. I've gotten very good at it. I've gotten very good at sitting at my desk, not being able to see, get an SD card into the uh, in, into the slot in the back. I can't even plug USB things into the back of mine. I tweeted that, and a bunch of people. I hadn't thought about this because I never owned one of the side loading iMacs. You know, before they got the real thin sides. Um, the slot was on the side, which is in oh, theory the, the SD card was. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah, I missed that. They also had CD slots over there, though, and so apparently yeah. a real co- common problem. Oh, it was a very. I mean, you wouldn't believe <laughs> how many tweets I got. CD slot. Yep. That's <laughs> and they, everybody played along with my idea that this was a great game, and they were like, "It's, <laughs> it's oh, a good, man, it's a good way to lose all of your lives." Is <laughs> <laughs> you just. Tuck it in, and the second you let go of it and like, you know, get it all the way in, you realize what you've done. And, oh god, that's terrible! And then you got to fish it out. Yeah, better have better to have it on the back. Um. So, uh, yeah, MacBook Pro, and and then everything else is just up in maybe. Air. Yeah. So there is. There's rumors of a new 13-inch model, and this is to me where where me and you earn our pundit points because the you know MacBook Pro is a little self-explanatory. But what is this 13-inch MacBook Pro? Some people are calling it a MacBook Air. Ming Chi Kuo of, of KGI uh, Securities or whatever his company is called, the analyst who gets he gets a lot wrong actually. Uh, Philip Emmer Dewitt has an interesting scorecard for his like last mm-hmm. three years of predictions but his iphone stuff is usually spot on yeah um usually he just gets wrong the, the timing right he's not that great on timing and he's yeah. and he's like every you know he's really uh uh not an apple analyst so much as an apple asian supply chain analyst like mm-hmm. his sources are very clearly it's almost transparent that his sources are from the asian supply chain so he doesn't get things like product marketing because the asian supply chain doesn't know about stuff like that like what's the name of the device going to be they don't know that until the last minute and they start printing it uh, you know on the devices and they still you know pricing and stuff like that nobody knows Pri- pricing yeah. is like the top held secret at apple like there's only you know very seldom leaks because i don't think it ever really leaves you know it from in between like Schiller's group and uh, Tim Cook, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, and surely Jeff Williams, but you know, top, it's like a top people type thing, right? And uh, whoever's making the web page. So he ca- he's been <laughs> calling it a MacBook Air for a while, a new 13 inch, or maybe he's been calling it a MacBook. I don't know, but the idea that they would make uh, a 13 inch MacBook like the 12 inch MacBook makes no sense to me. Like 13, no, I don't understand that either. I. You need like two inches to have a separation that w- makes sense, you know, like, oh, yeah, I can see this 13 inch is sort of like yeah. regular size and the 15 inch is big. And this, oh, and this 11 inch is tiny. 12 and 13 are way too close to each other. So that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Plus, it doesn't seem like, I mean, it seems like it's a little early to, to bring out a new MacBook. Right, because the, the current ones only came out, I think, in April, right? Right, right. So if so, so then the speculation is that it's an error, right? And you know, some people have speculated. Nobody seems to be willing to commit. Not not Ming Chi Quo, not German. Nobody is saying what what kind of display this thing has, which is 
conspicuous to me because it would like, so they're just not mentioning it. Meaning does it have a retina display, which is certainly what people who are hoping for a retina MacBook air are hoping for. Uh, If it doesn't have a retina display, is the display improved at all versus the existing MacBook airs? Because there's things I think like, I don't think the, I forget there's certain technical things, even if it doesn't go retina, that could be improved in the, the MacBook air display. Like I think like IPS and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I don't know. Nobody knows. That's why it's exciting. Uh, the idea, I guess, is that if it needs it, I'm a little surprised that they're updating at all. I've been uh, under the assumption that the MacBook Air is only hanging around to occupy price points like eight, right. that eight ninety nine that the eleven inch started at and the nine ninety nine the thirteen inch started at. And that there's no other reason for those devices to exist. And so that Apple would just keep selling the old ones as long as keep people keep buying them. Exactly like the um, – there's still that old MacBook Pro that has a spinning CD drive that Apple sells. Um, they don't really advertise it. They don't have it out in the Apple stores. But if you go online, you can still buy it. That has a CD drive, even. I think so. Let me check this. Or it definitely I mean, it has, has a, definitely it has a spinning hard drive. It definitely Maybe has, it has a, spinning, a spinning hard drive. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, have I think it. it's just a spinning hard drive. All right, it doesn't, have, doesn't it. have it. No, it does not have a CD drive. All right, whatever. Yeah. Does yeah. it have a floppy drive? <laughs> or a zip <laughs> drive? It has it's a zip drive. drive. It's got a, it's got swappable bays. <laughs> but you can take the zip drive. You can take the zip drive out and <laughs> and put a jazz drive in. <laughs> Is that what how it works? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got one of those upstairs. <laughs> a jazz drive? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't have the drive. I do. I have an old, um, our pal Jim Ray gave me his old, um, God, what is it? It's a, I think it's a Wall Street. Um, what was it called? PowerBook. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the, with the thing you could pop out, I think. Does, was, did that one have that? Anyway, it's a really old, <laughs> I have a really old PowerBook upstairs. <laughs> Well, anyway, Apple still sells uh, some sort of ancient MacBook Pro that I can't even remember the details of that is only there because people keep buying it. Um, yeah. I mean, I would th- I would think that now is the time just to be going all retina. And they would sweep away that one and then the air. But mm, these rumors seem to indicate maybe not. Here we go. It's at the bottom of the MacBook Pro page, and it yeah. costs one thousand ninety nine dollars. Right. So it is uh, has a five hundred gigabyte, fifty four hundred RPM hard drive. So mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's like some of these Apple products seem to me like products from the past. Like uh, I don't, I can't imagine. Like I splurged when I bought the. I this, my iMac is almost two years old now, but that was the last device i've bought where i was maybe possibly even thinking vaguely i might still get a spinning hard drive i thought maybe about because the upgrade to get like a full one uh terabyte ssd was seriously expensive um but of course i love to spend money so i just got it (laughs) but it was the last time i even hesitated for a second and thought maybe i should just get the the fusion drive um so i you know and i realized as i bought this imac that it'll be the last that whatever the previous Mac I bought was the last, you know, I'm never going to buy a spinning hard disk yeah. in, in t- inside a Mac again. Yeah. Maybe on external drive, 
you know, just for backup or whatever, but not inside. And I don't think I'd ever buy, personally, I would never buy another device without a retina screen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so that's the and that's the other thing. This, the hard drive, I would think that now would be a, also a good time. They probably well, this they probably won't do because it seems like it's too ubiquitous across several different product lines. But to get rid of someday, someday soon, they need to get rid of the spinning drives. Fusion's not bad. Fusion works fine, but um, the solely spinning drives are. Right. I would never buy one. Right. So. The conundrum I see. I thought that maybe the air would just stay as it is with its crummy non-retina displays and just sit at those price points until the the retina MacBook could be sold for like nine ninety nine, and then they mm-hmm. would just get rid of the the airs would just silently disappear, and there'd be maybe uh, at whatever point in the future this happens a year old retina MacBook that sells at nine ninety nine or eight ninety nine even, and a newer retina MacBook with better specs that. Sells at twelve ninety nine or thirteen ninety nine. You know, that's what I expected. But it's you know, based on these rumors, it seems as though the Air might be sticking around. But yeah. again, is it going to be called a MacBook Air? I don't know. Yeah, the MacBook starts at thirteen hundred bucks, so that's still a little pricey to. I, I mean, not, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they would they could drop just summarily take $300 off. Right. And it only came out in April. So that's just way, you know, six months later, it's highly unusual for Apple to drop a product by 30% in price or whatever it is. It's about 30%. Um, It it just doesn't seem possible. But then what price would this MacBook be? This is the problem I see is if it's a retina MacBook air, what price does it start at? Because if it starts at 999, that seems like a great deal, and it doesn't seem preposterous given that there are competing products from other companies, you know, that have roughly the similar specs. Like I think, like let's just say, like a Microsoft Surface, which has, um, you know, r- I think roughly air quality, you know, uh, CPU from Intel, and it has a Retina screen, and it's you know has a starting price under a thousand dollars. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not like I'm you know again you whenever you are on the show we all. <laughs> We often play. Let's spend Tim Cook's money. We're not just saying let's make it nine ninety nine, you know, because we're we're not based on reality. It seems like based on on other laptops from other companies that you could do a Retina screen on a nine ninety nine device. Yeah, but if they yeah. did that, who buys? You know what? That to me that makes the the regular MacBook at twelve ninety nine look too expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sure does. Especially since it's slower. So, and I realize it's slower because it, the, to be that thin, it has a fanless design. And so it's got like this entirely different um, – uses an entirely different chipset from Intel that is designed so that it could run it fanlessly and never overheat. And the Air uses like this mid-range chip chipset that is low power compared to like the Pros, but not so low power that it doesn't need a fan. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they <sighs> – they they have spent. I mean, there's been a number of years where they've their entry laptop was nine ninety nine, right? And somewhere it was even more than that, I think. Um, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and they are in an era where it's increasingly hard to sell computers. <laughs> so n- moving your starting price point up a hundred bucks. Mm, I don't know if that's going to, I mean, that's not going to be great if you want to move units. 
And there's compounded with this is another rumor about Thursday's update to the Mac line that the 11-inch Air is going to just, quote, go away. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if... No, I wouldn't either. If it did, if it vanished, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it sort of goes the way of that 13-inch ancient MacBook Pro that we were talking about, where it goes away in terms of it, it really is never going to be updated again, not even like a minor spec refresh, but that they'll keep selling it as is and not yeah. even really promote it, but it's there... You right. can go on a website. For a budget. Yeah, maybe budget drop, maybe even drop the price to seven ninety nine or something. Yeah. That would be really kind of amazing. Because I don't think they've ever been, I don't think they've ever been that low. No, I think eight ninety nine is the lowest Apple's ever sold yeah. a Mac for, and that's you know, that's been the eleven inch air for a while. A laptop. Yeah. Right. 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 Not counting something incomplete like the Mac Mini. Yeah. Like a complete laptop system that you can just open the box and use. Mm -hmm. Like it's not missing, you know, has no RAM. It has no RAM at all. (laughs) Four gigs. Not a lot. It doesn't have a battery. (laughs) Got to plug it in everywhere you go. (laughs) And plug in an external hard drive. Do you remember, do you remember years ago there was a rumor uh, about uh, a crank powered uh, Apple laptop? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Like the one that laptop was like back for in the nineties, like what, the, after after Jobs had come back, um, and I think after the iMac had been introduced, there were these rumors coming around about the iBook and what it was going to be, and um, and one of them was like one of the crazier rumor sites was that it was uh, it was going to be it was going to be crank powered. <laughs> And what a boon that would be to people because, you know, for all those instances where you're running shy, like if you were camping. <laughs> Such a common scenario. Right, right. And you needed to use your laptop. You could just crank power it. So I know that there are build-to-order options that can make these prices higher. But right now, looking at the Buy a MacBook Air page, there's two 11-inch Air standard configs, eight ninety nine, and then you up $200 to ten ninety nine. And you get double the storage. You go from 128 to 256, and it doesn't look like you get, doesn't look like you get anything else. <laughs> that's about the only difference. And then there's a 13 inch MacBook Air that starts at 999. Yeah, that's weird. And one that's uh, 200 dollars higher at 1199. Call it 1200 dollars. Uh, and I think the only difference there is double the storage from 128 flash to yeah. 256 yeah and it's weird to me that the 13 inch uh comes in eight gigs of, comes with eight gigs of memory and the 11 does not right i don't know i i well, guess so if you hit select though can you you can configure yeah it, you can definitely yeah. configure yeah it. you can so you could up it and you can see yeah. significantly upgrade the cpu you can go from a mm-hmm. 1.6 uh core i5 to a 2.2 core i7 yeah, uh, and I don't stay up to date on all that stuff anymore. But I mean, I know enough about the basic gist that going from Core i five to Core i seven is pretty significant performance yeah. upgrade. Right. Um, but they're not the standard configs, and I feel like the standard configs really matter. Um, but what I'm guessing, if I had to guess, what Apple is going to do is, I'm thinking that the entry level 13 inch MacBook Air will still not have a Retina screen, and I guess if it's true that they're getting rid of the 11, maybe it, the 13-inch MacBook Air will now start at 899 but that it's a non-retina screen. And that if you want to get retina, you're going to have to pay at least like 1200 bucks. 
Yeah. And then, but it still seems weird to me that you could pay like around 1200 bucks to get a 13 inch MacBook Air with all these ports. And then there's the 12 inch Retina MacBook at the $1,300 starting price. Like, it, it just seems weird to me that they're, that they're doing a new Retina MacBook Air. Yeah. The other thing I could see is that they upgrade. This is the other thing I could see is they upgrade the 13 inch MacBook Air to whatever the latest core i7 whatever mobile chipset is from Intel. But they don't even really talk about it on Thursday. They just upgrade it on the website and it still doesn't have a retina screen. And anybody who wants to bitch about the fact that it doesn't have a retina screen, you know, buy a diff- buy a different mm-hmm. MacBook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to make the most sense to me. Because the- <laughs> I can't imagine them going to, to the trouble of putting a retina into the air at this point. Right. And I feel like you can argue, well, there's other, com- you know, the argument that, hey, like the Microsoft Surface has a retina caliber screen and it's only $999 or whatever. And, you know, Dell makes these things with, you know, whatever they call retina screens and they're cheap. And it's like, you know, Apple's never competed at the low end on price. And mm-hmm. if anybody gets the short end of the stick from Apple, it's absolutely the people who are more budget conscious. That's just the way the company is. Yeah. You know, it's the company is optimized in my opinion, for people who are looking for the best products, not not the lowest price products. Yeah. Because the other thing too is in addition to um the just the fact that the regular retina MacBook is relatively new. It's clearly what Apple thinks the future of laptops are. There's also just the simple fact that they gave it the name MacBook, right? It's like, yeah, it's not like we're reading into, it's not like it's hard to read into that, that by calling it just plain MacBook with no adjective that Apple is saying, you know, maybe not now, but soon this is the standard. This is what you, this is what the standard Apple laptop is. Yeah. (laughs) And it really is weird to have ones called air that are thicker and heavier. (laughs) Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, that just seems to be why it's obvious that it it seemed obvious, at least, that it was going away. Right. So it seems very strange that there's these rumors that it's sticking around. I mean, the other thing, it wouldn't be the first time that they have updated a model that's only been out for like six months. Because they did it with the iPad. Yeah, they did that with the iPad 3. Three, right, and then the iPad four came out like six months later because the yeah. iPad three was sort of sort of thicker. You know, the, it was the first Retina one, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I could see it, you know. And again, with the PC stuff, it seems you know I don't think that they're anywhere near as constrained, you know, uh, component wise as they are with, especially the iPhone, but probably the iPad two, where they kind of need to get their ducks in a row and say, look, we're going to have, you know, 70 million of these system on a chips for the next year for all these iPhone sevens. And they're all going to be exactly the same. Like, I don't, I think with the MacBook, it, you know, it's not anywhere near as, you know, we need to be making the exact same device for an entire year just to, to break even on the, on the manufacturing. Mm -hmm. What I would like to see, which is probably not going to happen, though, is, a, is an 11-inch MacBook and a 13-inch MacBook. But I, I kind I think of do, once too. They, the, fact that they've, the fact that they've done a 12-inch now, though, that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm not sure how the... I've never actually put like the 12-inch next to the 11-inch MacBook Air and just seen 
how they compare because I think that the display does kind of go more edge to edge on the MacBook. Like footprint wise, they might be very similar. Yeah, I think they are. So I kind they of feel. I mean, it seems like. I mean, I you know I've only played with one um, a few times, but uh, it, it does not seem demonstrably larger than the 11 inch Air. Yeah. Let's see what the text back. Actually, say. you can. Yeah, we can find that out. So it is 11 inches. The MacBook is 11 inches wide and 7.74 deep. All right. The 11-inch MacBook Air is 11.8 inches wide and 7.56 inches deep. So on depth, yeah. it's almost the same, but it is right. it is a eight-tenths of an inch narrower. The But the... The twelve-inch MacBook is narrower. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, the twelve-inch the yeah. other way around. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so the twelve-inch MacBook deep, is deeper. actually smaller. Right. Well, but it's deeper. Right. Yeah. But it'll just by a little bit. Right. So maybe with that design, maybe what it would be would be a fourteen-inch. You know, maybe twelve, twelve-inch and fourteen-inch. Fourteen-inch. I yeah. could see that, and then it, maybe the yeah, rumors maybe. are wrong, calling it thirteen-inch. Right. Calling it thirteen. Because maybe it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, 13 point something, and Apple's just going to, it's close enough to 14 that Apple's going to call it 14. I yeah. Don't I could see that as a way to square this circle as well. If the mm -hmm. truth is that there is no update to the MacBook Air, and what they're going to do is unveil a big brother to the 12 inch Retina MacBook. I yeah. could see that. Maybe it could have, have a second USB C port. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have laptops at 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, and that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, I suppose. Although I don't know if it makes sense for the consumer ones to quote-unquote have larger displays than the pro ones. I don't know. Well, I think some people some people seem to like that 13-inch Air. I've always been... I mean, I always liked the smaller one, but... Um, you know, pe people who just want more screen real estate right. or people who don't see so well. I used an 11-inch for years and many years, at least five years, four, four or five years, four years, I think, uh, and loved it. But my thinking at the time was if you're going to go small and thin, go as small and thin as you can. and get like, So I got a maxed out performance-wise 11-inch Air. And then when I switched to a 13-inch MacBook Pro two years ago, it was on the basis of – if I'm going to carry something thicker and heavier, I might as well get the the Pro and get the performance rather than the 13-inch Air. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm in that I'm in that quandary right now because my uh <laughs> so my Air is 4 years old and then my uh my iMac upstairs. Well, I have two machines upstairs that I do use for this sort of media server things. One is a 2010 uh MacBook Pro. And then the other one is a 2007 iMac, <laughs> and those are definitely uh, definitely showing their age. So um, I'm kind of like in that that space where I'm like, am I going to buy another like the the low end laptop just to carry around and do writing with, or am I going to split the difference and, and get get the, get the Pro and do whatever power stuff I need to do on that? Well, and the other thing too is that by all accounts, the Pro. I mean, of course, the Pro is getting thinner because that's what Apple does: is they make stuff thinner. And right. the the when they finally got you know the current 
models when they are the first ones that you don't even have the option of getting a spinning hard disk in because they're actually too thin. You have to use SSD. The new ones are going to be even thinner. So they're getting as thin as the airs used to be, even if they're not wedge shaped. I mean, they're getting, they're certainly approaching that. Like the, so the air is getting squeezed out to me in almost every way imaginable. It's getting squeezed out on thinness by the pros. It's getting squeezed out on, uh, you know, retina screen by the MacBook. The, the name MacBook tells you that, you know, it's becoming the standard default laptop. Uh, everything other than having a low price. And if the whole point is to have a low price, I don't see how it's going to get a retina screen. Just because it makes the other ones look bad. But yeah. what people, I guess the other thing we're talking around is the fact that there are <laughs> tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast right now who desperately want Apple to just make a MacBook Air with a retina screen. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Right. But I really don't think it's going to happen. It reminds me of the switch from the classic Mac OS to Mac OS X in a way where what diehard Mac users really wanted was a new version of the Mac OS that was, you know, just had the, the better kernel. Just give us like a real operating system with, you know, preemptive or not preemptive multitasking with, you know, real multitasking instead of cooperative. Oh yeah. Preemptive is the good multitasking. Cooperative multitasking was the, that was the, yeah. the euphemism. For, for right. <laughs> which was not very cooperative. I would call it the prisoner's dilemma multitasking. <laughs> oh, that was about right. Wait, yeah. I can, I, me, I, this, I could just use the whole CPU, but I'm just asked voluntarily not to. All Mac users really wanted. I'm going to jail. <laughs> All Mac users really wanted was a new version of the Mac OS that had a stable, uh, modern, you know, from yeah. a computer science perspective operating system. And instead, we, we got a thing we that got. everything was different. <laughs> and uh, it, a lot of stuff that used to be fast was suddenly very slow to make it fancy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I sort of feel like Apple is doing the same thing with the transition from the MacBook Air to the MacBook, which is that what? What many people, I hear from them every time I bring it up on Daring Fireball or on this podcast. I hear it all the time. I see it on Twitter all the time. Is people like the MacBook Air uh, or love the MacBook Air and only thing they don't like about it is the non-retina screen. And so why doesn't Apple just, just put a retina screen in the MacBook Air and they'll just buy it? But I don't think it's where Apple wants to take things. Yeah. Well... What are you gonna do? All right, so I'm, what about what about uh, what about other uh, other Macs? Well, let's let's that, pick that, that are, up after this break. Yeah. Let me take okay. a break and tell you about uh, our first sponsor of the show. It's our good friends at Casper. Casper makes obsessively engineered mattresses at shockingly fair prices. Go to casper.com slash the talk show and use code the talk show. You'll save fifty bucks towards your mattress. Casper has created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating the commission-driven inflated prices of rat-dropping-filled mattress retail stores. Uh, their award-winning mattress was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a remarkably small box. You should buy one. Honestly, even if you don't need a mattress, you should think about buying one just to get the box because it's so fun to open. 
it just makes the coolest noise. It's like a vacuum compressed. It's like, shh, and I mean, you have to be careful because it sucks all the oxygen out of the room, but <laughs> kind of, a, it's kind of a good effect. Um, they also now offer adaptive pillows and soft, breathable sheets, really nice sheets, high cotton uh, or high thread count, all the, all the buzzwords. It's like sleeping in like a five-star luxury hotel bed. You get like, if you buy the Casper sheets and everything and the pillows, it's just, it's, just like super high end stuff. It's really, really nice. And it, it's, it sounds too good to be true. How can the prices be so much lower than the other retail stores? Well, because the other, the regular mattress industry, it's just a ripoff. It's, you know, it's all these markups with these middlemen. You got these salespeople. They purposefully, the other brands that I'm not going to name names, but you know, like Sealy, they, 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 they purposefully give their, mattresses these weird names where if you go from one store to another the same mattress like if you cut it open has like a different name so that you can't price compare it's it's purposefully made to confuse the consumer and to help the the retail stores sort of obfuscate how much these things really cost uh casper sells direct to you they just make these things and ship them right to you uh here's the prices Premium mattresses from most stores usually start at over fifteen hundred bucks. Casper mattresses cost just five hundred for a twin, six hundred for a twin XL, seven fifty for full, eight fifty for queen, and just nine hundred fifty bucks under a thousand dollars for a king. And these mattresses are made in America. Pretty sure it's still true. If you live in New York City, you can get them delivered. They come to you on bicycle. That's how small the box is. Some some poor sap uh, on a bike. <laughs> straps it to his back and delivers it to your house. Pretty cool thing if you think about it. That's how small the mattress is, a mattress on a back. Um, so go check them out. They have a new dog mattress too. Uh, the, the, the offer code doesn't work for the dog mattress, alas. But trust me, uh, I've had a couple of readers who bought this dog mattress uh, and, and they all said that their dogs love it, that this is like the best thing they ever bought from a podcast. So go check it out, casper.com slash the talk show and remember that code the talk show to save 50 bucks on any human mattress but your dog deserves the best anyway <laughs> he gets the best uh does your dog sleep like in the same spot all the time no um he has a he has an old futon on the floor that um he sleeps on that he's supposed to sleep on but half the time he's up on the bed <laughs> my childhood dog chester um, yeah, I love that dog. God damn, I love that dog. He was a mean little, little, uh, uh, like a poodle, um, uh, mix. I forget what he was mixed with. I think like a Pekingese. I think oh, he was, okay. he was somewhere, you know, it was a, it, we got yeah, him. They're out mean. Of, Pekingese are mean. Karen, uh, my wife had Pekingese growing up and yeah, they would just as soon bite you as look at you. Oh yeah. He bit me a couple times, but I deserved it. I was teasing him. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, fair is fair. I love that dog. But I'll yeah. tell you what, we, you, you couldn't tell him where to sleep. I mean, it, <laughs> <laughs> I think the surest way to make sure he didn't sleep on a dog mattress would have been to buy him a dog mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so other Max? Yeah. So this is where everybody seems to be fuzzy is uh, uh, what else are they going to announce? So the Mac Pro... Is hasn't been updated. The last update, according to Mac Rumors, was uh, July of nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> was the last time that the Mac Pro was updated. So it has been when it was when it was called the um, the Power Mac. Eighteen years. 
County, and it's unchanged in 18 years. Now, that is unusually long for the Mac Pro. So, I think I have that one. I, I would say most people would agree that the Mac Pro is due for, for an update. It was blue, right? It was the blue right. one? Yeah. Um, there are no rumors of a Mac Pro update, but the Mac Pro is famously – it's it, made in America or manufactured in America. So it's a completely different supply chain. So any, you know, and I, I can't help but think that... <laughs> they must be tur- churning out like five of them a quarter now. <laughs> <laughs> very busy. It's a very busy operation. <laughs> it's like the easiest job in the entire company. <laughs> easiest job in the entire like company. like one guy. <laughs> Imagine if it's fully stocked. Does all, though. Does all the soldering himself. <laughs> Just... <laughs> worn grooves on the desk from where his feet go up every day. <laughs> He's all caught up on Westworld. <laughs> Imagine then the phone rings. <laughs> it's Tim Cook. What? <laughs> An update? Oh, no. And all of a sudden, as the phone rings, he hears like a truck backing up. <laughs> <laughs> with parts <laughs> it's all over uh i would not be surprised i have absolutely no inside info nobody has said a, a damn word to me uh about any mac pros i just common sense says to me that they've either got to update it soon or they've got to just officially say you know we're not making it anymore we're not making it anymore and, yeah but it just seems on un- you it just seems like they need to have this device in my I, it's uh, yeah. Although, how many? I mean, they like, yeah, they don't probably don't sell that many. They're crazy expensive, and they come with their own quirks. But that they it's st- a great looking device. But but I still think that they really want to own or not own. I'm not saying that they own it solely, but they want to be known as the leading computer maker for the quote unquote pro industry whether it's mm-hmm. professional video people people who are you know editing movies people who are uh professional photographers who are working with you know 50 gigabyte raw files you know wherever you you know whatever the pro developers of course you know i think even for their own use it's a useful device i mean the imac is pretty fast and has a nice display but you know it's Developing software is still one of those things where having a, the fastest CPU possible can definitely make you know your, your daily day to day life better. So yeah. I, I don't think that they. It just seems unusual for me, and I don't think they need to ever touch the industrial design again. I, mean, I shouldn't say ever, but you know, a, a MacBook, a Mac Pro that looks exactly like the black cylindrical thing that we know, but just has a new GPU and CPU. Yeah. Uh, and you know all these modern ports like USB C and and et cetera et cetera, uh, just seems like something Apple should sell. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they have it ready to go on Thursday, and we just haven't heard about it because they were able to keep it secret because it's not going through the Asian supply chain mm-hmm. that leaks mm-hmm. like a sieve. Right. Yeah. Well, I think I think it would be nice. I mean, I hope they don't. I I don't know. I'm I'm not in the market for one. I'll probably I'm never going to be in the market for one. But um, I. I agree with that sentiment that it seems like the kind of thing that they should keep making as sort of a, even if it's just like a putting a flag in the ground. Uh, I think there's some speculation that people who, uh, 
uh, follow these Intel chipsets, you know, that maybe the timing isn't really quite right for a new Mac Pro because, like, the last update to the Xeon line of Pro mm-hmm. CPUs was, you know, like May or something like that. So you'd think that maybe if they were going to do it, they would have done it in June. Uh, and now they're sort of like only just a few months away from like the next one, which called like gravy train or something like that. I don't think Apple is all that. I, I think at this point when they've gone this far between updates to Mac pros, I, I think if they're yeah. six months late on the latest Xeon processors, so what? Right. I don't know yeah. that they're, I don't know that they're looking at keeping the Mac pro within a couple of weeks of the Intel cutting edge. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I th- I think if you, it depends on what else you're announcing with it, maybe, and and if they're announcing it with an with new monitors, then maybe that becomes the bigger story than right. what, whatever processor is in it. That's exactly where I was heading, John. So yeah. maybe the reason that they haven't updated the Mac Pro in such an absurdly long time is that they really wanted the quote unquote next Mac Pro to work with the next. Uh, Apple Cinema Display. Apple hasn't even sold a display since June, since they discontinued the non-retina, whatever they called it. it, Another conspicuous absence from the Apple product lineup is a Retina Pro display, whatever Mm -hmm. they want to call it. You know, Cinema Display, 5K, whatever. But, you know, something like the big iMac display with Retina resolution and the, the high color gamut range and a simple it just works just plug this thing into your mac and you you know you don't have to worry about plugging two or three cables in because you need two graphics cards and it's stitched together or whatever just solve all the problems of the bandwidth of driving a 5k retina display you worry about it apple just give me a simple thing to plug in so maybe they were waiting for that and maybe they thought previously that maybe they'd have something like that ready earlier but it all kind of needs to come together. It seems to me like some of this stuff is a, it all needs to come at once. And that sort of has maybe been the main cause of this unusual dearth of Mac updates, hardware updates. Yeah. That they kind of want to move to this world where there's USB-C ports that do Thunderbolt and that can be connected to a 5k cinema display. um, But it all kind of needs to come at once. Maybe. Yeah. So I can yeah, see that I mean, coming. I, I, it seems like I mean that's kind of their thing, right? I mean they don't where other companies are happy to introduce a technology and say, hey, now we have this. Okay, yeah, you have that, but it doesn't work with everything else. Um, Apple wants to make sure that everything works, you know, at least you know in general works better together and creates and and creates a story that makes that tries to make that um, whole package compelling. Right. So so I think there's definitely something to that argument. It's also the case. I know a ton of people who connect their uh, MacBook Pros to a display at their desk and that they they're you know so that like at work uh you have a nice big display in front of you, maybe two displays if you keep your MacBook open on the side. You could do it either way. And then at the end of the day, you can just disconnect the thing and take the Mac Pro home with you and you just have the MacBook Pro. I know a ton of people who work like that. I know that here in Philly, my friends at Happy Cog, uh, a great web development studio or web design studio, they redesigned their whole office around that concept. They just, everybody's desk, all they have at their desk is a display. 
and then everybody everybody gets a MacBook Pro, and that's how everybody works. You don't even have to sit at the same spot every day. You can just you know just mm-hmm. walk up to any open display and plug it in, and you get power in a display. Um, nobody wants <laughs> nobody wants designers don't want to work with non Retina displays anymore. I mean, it actually is actually like hard. You, you can't design Retina graphics without a Retina yeah. display. I mean, it's yeah. you know, and, and developers. You know, I know that they were talking about an ATP this week, where like Casey List was talking about how he's trying to design Retina iPhone apps on a non-Retina <laughs> display, and you end up then you like run the app on your phone, and you realize there's all these graphics that are missing because you couldn't even see them on your display. You know, <laughs> you really it's it's you know you can do it technically in the same way that you you could you could do an illustration with your eyes closed <laughs> right <laughs> just it just may not turn out right like you don't have to wear your glasses yeah you could just take a guess as to whether it's in focus and again they'll be they'll be um, crazy if they, if they do come they'll be crazy expensive oh i well i don't know about well, that i mean they think well i don't know they're too it's way too expensive more i mean i i will not be buying one <laughs> what does what does the Retina 5K iMac start at? Let's see. Isn't it like fifteen hundred dollars? I would I, say that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Fifteen hundred bucks. Twenty-seven inch iMac with Retina 5K display. Well, no, it's a little bit more expensive. That starts at eighteen hundred dollars. Okay. Oh, okay. I I would think that they could sell that display without the computer inside for I don't know maybe twelve hundred dollars. I don't know. I knew, but the old yeah. Apple 27 inch display was nine ninety nine. And it was kind of ridiculous yeah. about the end of its life that they were still right. selling it at nine ninety nine. Like <laughs> that is part of what makes this laughable. Is I understand why Apple sets a price and then keeps the price for the entire product lifetime, as opposed to Dell, which sort of Dell's computers are sort of like the stock market where they get repriced every day based on you know current fluctuations. <laughs> It's true, though. It really is. It's it's like you can come, you know, I mean, you can configure the exact same machine at Dell like a week later, and it's, you know, it's more like buying an airplane ticket. Like, well, if the plane's filled up. And and lots of sales from other, like the, the, um, when I I bought my my kid a a PC laptop a few couple of years ago for Christmas, and, and yeah, like navigating that whole thing, and like, well, it's, you know, normally plays with this, but this, you know, you get this new coupon sale that we have. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, so I got, you know, I got uh, what, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, ostensibly the price was like eight fifty, and I got it for seven fifty or something like that. I mean, it's like Apple would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> you got a coupon on, <laughs> on a Retina display. <laughs> Type in this code at the end. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should tell this story or not. I guess I will. I tell you, it was one of the worst things I ever, worst I ever felt about myself in my life. I was in college, and it was the middle of the day. And there's, I forget, I can't, I think it was, I actually forget, forget the name of the student union, even though I spent like ten hours a day in the building because it was where the school newspaper was. Um, and I was going in and out of the building for reasons that I no longer remember, but it was some kind of task. It was like for maybe like first day of a new semester. And there was something me and another colleague from the student newspaper at Drexel were doing where it required us to keep going back in and out of the building, middle of the afternoon, nice sunny day. And there's some kid, also a college kid, who obviously had been taking a job from somebody to hand out a little, some kind of flyer to kids coming in. And, 
we weren't coming in like every minute or so. It was maybe like every 20 minutes or so. And every time we went by, he would offer them to us as though we'd never seen us again. And then there's this moment of recognition, and it's like, oh, you guys again, and do it. And after like the seventh time, and he did it again, and he was almost like apologetic. He, I said, well, are these coupons or coupons? And he said, they're, they're coupons. And I said, well, I only take coupons. <laughs> and I kept going. And my friend who I was with almost died of laughter. And he said, I can't believe that guy didn't just punch you. And I was like, you know, he probably should have. Because that... It was just, it was uncalled for. It was totally uncalled for. And at the, at the time I was, I amused myself to death with that, but I'm, I'm a changed man. I've grown up. I, I no longer see that as, well, I just, I do see it as funny, but I no longer see it as something that I would actually say. Uh, it is definitely funny. And, and, and the, you know, college, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going over the things that I said in college. <laughs> well, the funny thing I remember was that when I said it, I didn't expect him to give me an answer. I expected him when I said, are they coupons or coupons? I expected him to give me the finger at that point, but he, yeah, didn't, right, even, right, right. he didn't even hesitate. He didn't even hesitate. He said, they're coupons. I even remember that he said they're, he said coupons instead of coupons. And, and I just said, well, I only accept coupons. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know something about that. I haven't thought about that story. If, uh, yeah, if that guy's listening, um, you know, <laughs> contact John. <laughs> and I'll send you a free Derek Fireball t-shirt. <laughs> I swear to God. I I haven't thought about that story in 20 years. <laughs> so I just sent you a link. This happened while we were uh oh. recording. Um apparently pictures of the of the of the bar leaked in Sierra. Of the, <laughs> Of the Retina MacBook. Images of new MacBook Pro with Magic Toolbar leaked in macOS Sierra 10.12.1. Way to go, Apple. Includes Apple Pay. So there is a like a fingerprint sensor. Uh, I also see that they've printed a Mac Rumors logo on the return key. I saw that. I thought that must be that now they're doing um, uh, some co-branding, I guess. <laughs> this is the, this has got to drive Phil Schiller nuts. Oh my god! Yeah, right. How like, did they do that? I mean, I, where were, I? I guess this was in the help. I guess for it's, ten that twelve that one. It's well, like, I'll put the everybody by the time they hear it will probably have seen it. But I will. Yeah, everyone's uh, probably seen putting it. a link into the show notes. We, you know, that's nice that we talked about it for, for an hour before <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. <laughs> Way to go, Apple! <laughs> Couldn't you do it like fifteen minutes earlier? I guess they yes they did, but nobody noticed it. Um. Well, that brings us. <laughs> that brings us to the next question I was going to have. That's a- which is that uh, I did have it in the notes, which is that it was, has been rumored, and it does make some sort of you know simple sense that they were going to put Touch ID on the new MacBooks. Uh, my question was, where is it going to go? Like, the, just the basic idea of having Touch ID on a MacBook, yeah, sure, that sounds, it makes a lot of sense, especially once you get used to it on a phone and you realize how nice it is. But where would it go on a, on a MacBook? Would it go on the trackpad? Would it go on, like, the J key would it go and it looks like you know the answer is they're putting the it up in this uh upper right corner of the magic toolbar yeah and my other thought is even if with this magic toolbar 
would they put it in a corner or put it in the middle? Because it seems like by putting it in, is it going to be on both corners? It doesn't. See, it seems like a waste of components to put two in. Um, but on the other hand, isn't it oddly biased towards right-handed users by putting it in the upper right corner? Or am I yeah, overthinking it? I think maybe you're overthinking it. I mean, <clears throat> you know, unlocking with my, you know, unlock. I'm assuming it, the computer unlocks with it too. Um, but unlocking and paying with my left index finger would be n- n- not really yeah. onerous either and as, I, a, as a right-hander. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but I would guess that it's, it's, um, it's configurable because I mean, that's the whole point of the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing can't be a touch ID sensor, right? I mean, you, eh, I suppose not. I suppose right? not. Yeah. It, it would seem unnecessarily, I mean, I guess it could be, but it seems like that would be way <clears throat> or you two, one in each corner, but right. It just seems like a waste too. That and ends, I guess, yeah. I guess the power button's always been on the upper right corner. So, you know, it seems like left-handed MacBook users have been able to turn their computers on and off mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a while. So maybe yeah. I'm overthinking the, maybe I'm oversensitive to my left-handed friends. Well, maybe, maybe they sell different models of lefty and a righty. <laughs> <laughs> like buying I mean, golf clubs. I mean, they're already, they're, they're already like, selling models that have Mac rumors on the return key. <laughs> Like golf clubs and scissors, you can buy a left-handed MacBook Pro. <laughs> At the left door, you have to go to the left door, though. Do you know what bothers me about this shot? Really, it does, and it's it's. I'm showing my age, and I got to just get used to it. But uh, I look at this. There's a picture of it's it's showing. I guess it's from. I you said it's from the help of of how to use Apple Pay. So somebody mm-hmm. is making an Apple Pay purchase. The touch screen, the little strip, has a cancel button on the left. Then it says Apple Pay, and then something in red that I I can't read, but I'm guessing it. Uh, it says Touch here. Yeah, right. Touch here. Touch and ID a to pay Apple nine hundred and. Of course, it's going to three hundred and twenty six bucks. Right. What can you get from Apple for three hundred and twenty six? But then oh, you well, can uh, you can also see what's on the display. Yeah. No. No. They're buying Beats. Oh, headphones. it's headphones. 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 Right. Uh, you can also see what's on the display, and they're using Safari to buy something from Apple.com. What bothers me is that they're running it. They're running this Mac with the menu bar hidden. Yeah. <laughs> I really, it really bothers. Me. Full, full screen, full screen mode bothers you. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I, I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna say, doesn't the doesn't the um, the Apple Pay sheet look like it's um it's not connected? Uh, well, it doesn't. Maybe maybe it's okay. It almost looks like it's square. It's not um, that the uh, perspective is, is the, off. Yeah, the perspective is off. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah, sort yeah. of. Uh, so anyway, I guess we're getting a touch <laughs> touch strip on a map. <laughs> Glad we settled that. Yeah. Uh, presumably, if it is OLED, they're saying it. Mac Rumors is saying it as fact that it's an OLED touch panel, which you certainly can't tell from the image. But it does make some sense that it's OLED and not LCD because it's going to be black most of the time or the background is going to be black all the time. And OLED does much blacker blacks than LCD. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think the colors are still messed up on OLED, but you certainly can't complain about the blacks. And they also say um, a new MacBook Air model. Well, same rumor, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so they say they say new IMAX are a possibility as well. I think that, that um, I think that's true. Just because I think that the IMAX is still sort of the you know it's the the default desktop computer. I mean, it's obviously not the Mac Pro or the Mac Mini. Mac Mini hasn't yeah. been updated in two years, so yeah. why not? Uh, you know, it's been a year. It was October last year. Why not just you know just do a silent or not silent, but you know. Uh, you know, just take the latest and greatest from Intel and and stick it in the gut. I can't see why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why either. I mean, but I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure why they haven't updated the the Mac Pro and the Mac Mini for right. several years. All right. So wrapping up, I think that we will see the new Mac Pros. I think uh, we don't know what the hell they're doing with this quote unquote 13 inch other model <laughs> doesn't make any sense to us can't wait to find out about that one yeah um i i'm i don't know if i bet on new mac pros but because it seems to me like you could lose a lot of money over the last three years <laughs> by betting on new mac pros but i would at least like to see new mac pros and it seems like maybe they, if they've been waiting for a retina display maybe the time is right and that if we yeah. see one we'll see both well and, and- does it seem like, I mean, it, I'm not sure that these, uh, just updating the laptop line doesn't sound like enough for an event, does it? I don't think so either. I mean, we can continue with yeah. that after the sponsor break. Then maybe sure. there's other stuff they could announce other than Mac hardware. But it does seem to me like if it was really just, if the only thing that was really new, new, like a, this is a new design new, is the MacBook Pros, I don't know that they would have an event. Right. So I don't know. I mean, we certainly know everything, you know, Sierra is already out. It's not like, you know, it's not like they have a new operating system to show. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, and the only other thing that, well, okay, you want to do a... <laughs> what? You're going to say like... Well, just the AirPods. I mean, that the, yeah. they would announce that AirPods are shipping. Yeah, but there's nothing. Just, for they sale. can't, they but can't take not. time in an event for that. I'm, I'm no. guessing that that's when they're going to say that because they did say late October... And this event will be on the 27th of mm-hmm. October. So. <laughs> so I'm hopeful. I hope we are going to see Mac Pros. We'll see. I'm not going to bet the house on it. Uh, I I would definitely not be surprised to see that we have updated iMacs that look exactly the same, but just have updated components. I mean, there's no point to update it, updating the, the display. Right? Yeah. I mean the display is no, already I didn't. that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's already got the high color gamut and all the pixels you'd want. Uh and then there's I guess the only thing left is the Mac Mini, which I don't think they're gonna I I don't I I don't know. I don't I think that, that might be like uh done. You think that oh you really? I I don't know. Or maybe huh. it's sort of on a permanent three or four year schedule. I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised if you know I the the event comes and goes and there's no news about the Mac mini. I just wish that they would just, you know, stick new processors in them. I mean, I do don't, too. Don't, you don't have to change it that much. Just put some new processors in it. And then I, I don't know. It's all, it seems like that's not that hard <laughs> and you're <laughs> kind of printing money doing it. And well, Apple's a very small company. I think that, you know, I don't know that they have the, the, I don't know the, ball. the bandwidth, you know, the internal bandwidth to update uh, <laughs> update a computer that doesn't even have yeah. a display or anything. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them update the Mac Mini. I would yeah. like to see them keep it updated. I think the Mac Mini is an interesting little device where, yes, in many cases, it's just the lowest price Apple official Mac 
that you can buy without, you know, building your own Hackintosh thing. And it is just somebody trying to build the cheapest desktop Mac that they can get away with or, you know, and, and, you know, sensibly reuse existing things like the display that they've already got. That's per- if you have a perfectly fine display, you know, that this is a perfectly fine low cost Mac. It's also a device, and I'm sure that, like, you know, people who listen to my podcast are among there, where it's in some ways it, it kind of is a power user device because it's the sort of thing that people who would set up like a media server in their house would do, right? Where it's not like your power user where you're spending a lot of money on it, but where you're doing things that most typical consumers would never even think to do, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, or build like your own, you know, people, I know, you know, People who who sort of rather than buy an Apple TV will you know buy a Mac Mini and sort of you know select their own software that they can use to drive their home entertainment system. You know, yeah. So that maybe they can watch movies that fell off a truck and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certain things that you can do if you just have a right. PC that you control connected to your TV that you couldn't do. So there are power user. Uh, uh, use cases for the Mac Mini, and I always, you know, I like to think of Apple as a company that makes things that people like that would like to buy. So I would like yeah. to see it, but I, I'm not holding my breath for it. But maybe, you know, maybe just like in the a one fell swoop, now everything uses USB C. You know, maybe they update the Mac Mini too, just to get USB C ports on it. Yeah, I wish that I would like them to do that too. I, I I would consider buying one. I've never owned one. Well, actually, I mean, I have an old one that somebody gave me, but um, I've never purchased one, and I feel like I might be in the market for one. Like if I if I go to which I'm kind of leaning towards right now is getting a MacBook Pro again. Um, you know, this, this <laughs> the i that iMac upstairs and that that ancient MacBook Pro aren't going to last long either. So, and I mostly just need the need a server, like a yeah. media server. And so, I would definitely consider getting a mini for that. Hmm. All right, let me take a break and thank our next sponsor. It's our good friends at audible.com. audible.com has an unmatched selection of audiobooks and this is how I used to think. I used to think of Audible as a place where you go to get audio books. Um, but they have much more than that now. They have tons of original audio shows, including news, comedy, and more. It is, in some ways, sort of like Netflix for audio. It really is. It, they've got an amazing selection of stuff. And you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audible.com slash talk show. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. They have audio books from virtually every genre you can imagine anytime anywhere uh and audiobooks have been around for a while i mean they used to call them books on tape i mean that's how long i mean that i've been familiar with them but it's, it's just one of those things that has exploded in popularity with digital because uh you know tapes are a little bit of a pain in the ass <laughs> and digital you know you can skip around you can have stuff read at a different speed and the b- book industry has really embraced it it's no longer an afterthought um a, a whole bunch of popular books are read by the authors themselves, which adds a totally extra dimension to the text. Uh, just a really cool idea if you think about it. Uh, or else, well, otherwise, it, they're often uh, read by like you know famous actors and actresses and stuff like that. People with really great voices. Uh, and Audible dot com makes it easy to take risks and try new authors and and genres without regret because they offer what they call their great listen guarantee. If you start an audiobook and you don't like it, 
you can exchange it for another one for free. See and listen for yourself when you begin your free 30-day trial. You get your first audiobook for free. There is no stress or obligation. You can cancel your membership at any time. It's a great sponsor for podcasts because they know it. That is why they sponsor podcasts. Because if you're listening to me tell you about audible.com, by definition, you obviously listen to spoken word content. And therefore you're in, you know, right there in the target audience for them. I, I would I would wager that there's a higher percentage of talk show listeners who listen to podcasts than there are who sleep on mattresses. It's probably a better fit even than Casper. You know, like because some number of you probably just sleep on the floor. But if you're listening to me, I guarantee you, you listen to podcasts. So if you have more time to fill with more audible content, audio content, go to audible.com slash talk show and get your uh, free sponsorship. My thanks to them for sponsoring the show. What do you think? Do you think there's a higher percentage of talk show listeners who, who listen to podcasts or who sleep on a mattress? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to be. It's got to be listen listen to uh, I th- podcast. I think I think what could could skew it or what, what do you know what your numbers are in Japan? <laughs> no, I don't. But it's non zero. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh huh. It's non zero. So I think as much as that could ca- throw the whole thing off. God bless Casper. I love him, and I think it's a great fit because almost everybody sleeps on a mattress and needs a new one eventually. Audible, I think, might be the the greatest fit for the podcast audience of all time because by definition everybody everybody listens to audio i mean in theory somebody Mm -hmm. i don't have transcripts every week so i mean in theory somebody could rig something up where they're making their own transcripts of the show and reading them but i i would guess that that number is smaller than the number of people who don't have a mattress Mm -hmm. they do transcripts of your show for when you do the live one uh i do yeah well yeah or somebody does it did that does that was that uh I'm uh, uh, yes, this time. Yes. Yeah. Serenity yeah. Caldwell mm-hmm. typed it up in exchange for their being allowed to publish it, which was a good deal. For, you know, I thought that was a yeah. fun deal. Um, yeah. And I also pay uh, Vimeo for closed captions for those so that the video has closed captions. And oh, it's okay. a, I forget what it is. A couple hundred yeah. bucks. I don't know. It's, yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's like not, it's, you know, like it's, it's not free, but it was. It seemed like a no brainer in terms of accessibility. <laughs> my my Twitter bio is um is actually from that transcript. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, because I can't remember. I can't remember what was said about me <laughs> this last time, but there was a mention of me, and then they they typed in uh, Serenity typed in the crowd reaction, which was laughter and some awes. <laughs> so that's my that's my Twitter bio. I think the context was it was in my introduction. I said last year we had Phil Schiller and and you know it was the, it was uh, yeah. I think it was less than charitable if I remember. <laughs> this you know the goal you know it would be nice to be able to top it, but one of these years it, we're going to run out of room to top it, and you know it's just going to open the curtains and it's going to be molds. <laughs> but this this year is not that year. I think that was it. I think yeah. that was pretty close to what I said. <laughs> It was nice enough. I mean, it was heartfelt. I mean, I meant it. <laughs> Someday they're going to have to put up with me. Yeah, and we're going yeah. to have a good show. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to that. I'm interested to know what... Um, I, I'm assuming that this <clears throat> magic... What the hell is it called? Magic? <laughs> what do they call it? Toolbar. They? Magic toolbar. Toolbar. Um, 
defaults to just function keys when there's no other thing presented. Yeah. Nothing else that's been deliberately programmed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, because Owen Williams, uh, uh, I forget what he, where he works now. He's jumped around a lot. Um, was pointing out there's, you know, like if you look at it, there's like, there's no escape key. Like that's the one thing that you, on, that's on the toolbar that you would probably use um, in a regular application. And like, I think of like Minecraft, like there's no escape key. You can't play the game, but there must be, it must, must just default to what's normally there. If it's not specifically, <laughs> I, it's defined. I, I, even in my days it, when I was telnetting into things to do my computer science assignments in the nineties uh, on Unix machines, I've always been uh, a BB edit user. But I, I had to know if you can't you can't go through the old terminal and not eventually learn either Emacs or Vim to some degree. Um, and uh, Vim is effectively unused. I mean, I don't think Apple is all that concerned about people using Vim in a terminal, but it's it you you, you hit the escape key roughly seven hundred times a minute. <laughs> it's like escape is how you do anything. Escape is like enter a command. Escape is switch modes. It's it. You know, I just remember when somebody pointed it out with the smart keyboard cover for the iPad that it doesn't have an escape key. And somebody was like, well, how would you use Vim? And it's like, <laughs> I kind of do wish that they had put the escape. I use the escape key just to cancel things, you know. Yeah. So uh, I do wish they had an escape key, but I, I don't know that it's – I don't know that Vim users are on the front of Apple's mind. Probably not. It does seem weird for the Mac, though. It seems it seems because at least with the iPad, you could argue that there's no history of it because the software keyboard for the iPad doesn't have an escape key either. But it certainly seems unusual. <laughs> Our friend Darth is um, already has an image up with uh, with the um, <laughs> the magic toolbar, and it's um it's like it's the Times Square you know, message thing. And it's just rolling, rolling across courage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll put a link to it in my share. Guy is, guy is quite funny. <laughs> he's, I said this before to me, he's like the funniest, uh, like political cartoonist, Mm-hmm. going today and he was like oh shucks but it's not they're not obviously not traditional political cartoons but they are political and they are funny and they yeah. do express complex it's the, modern, it's the modern equivalent right it's it's updated for the modern age <laughs> darth's <laughs> tiny-handed trump <laughs> photoshop job <laughs> Like it, when he does one for Trump, it doesn't matter whether he mentions the hands or not. He just always shrinks his hand. <laughs> and the funny part is, is that Darth is also, uh, he's. I think he's really good at Photoshop. Like, yeah. or at least he's good at what he does in Photoshop, which isn't trying to fool you into thinking this is real. But it's like. He must. Whimsical. It's, yeah, it's like, and, uh, yeah. And I think he does whip these things out in a minute or two. Oh, and my they, God. Yeah, he's crazy fast. Right. He's crazy fast, but they don't look like they would if I did it, where you would no. clearly <laughs> see where the lasso was drawn around the hands. You know, <laughs> Like, if I was doing it as quickly as he did, you'd still see the marching ants around the selection. <laughs> I would just draw that and take a screenshot. <laughs> 
what about other stuff that Apple might announce this week? Like uh, they could do like the some like their airport stuff is out of date. Would they tie that together with their you know home stereo speaker Amazon Echo type thing? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I've I've heard that thing is is out there and and being field tested. Um, I wasn't thinking that it was ready to go yet. But I don't know. But it seemed like I maybe don't know that, that would maybe help explain why they're having an event if they have yeah. something actually new to unveil. Right. I mean, the and the ti- timing, you know, the timing right before the holidays would be good. Right, if they actually are able to make it. I mean, how they kept it from leaking, who knows, but, you know. Yeah, that's a good question. Made in the USA? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe but, that guy's been doing more than we thought. Um, I don't know, but it's, you know, I would like to see it. I don't know what else to say about it other than that it, you know, seems like maybe my underst- my understanding was that it it was uh not that long ago that people were given some units to try out so that doesn't seem like quite enough time like if they found like a real problem hmm. it doesn't seem like enough time to turn it around and and do something i mean this seemed like like real alpha sort of stuff but i don't know but it yeah. seems like, you know, even if it's a short event, it seems like they, they might have room for something like that. Yeah. Um, I linked to a thing. Have you seen this where there was like a, the widespread internet outage this week? You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I sort of slept right through it. But, I mean, uh, huge parts of the internet were unavailable. <laughs> well, it, was, it was during the morning on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some of the afternoon. So, yeah. It seems as though wherever, you know, wherever Daring Fireball is hosted uh, seemed to avoid it. Because I didn't seem to get any complaints that people couldn't reach Daring Fireball. But a whole bunch of, whole bunch of big internet sites were unavailable because uh, there was an attack on the DNS system. And when DNS goes down, pretty much everything goes down. Um, and the gist of though the attack, which is interesting, is that it was a bunch of like uh, Internet of Things devices, like like webcams and just internet connected cameras and speakers and stuff like that made by these Chinese companies that all all have like (laughs) the same password, the same password, like literally like I'm not making this attack up and that there's like a botnet that just, just slowly but methodically searched the internet for like, are you one of these cameras? Nope. Are you one of these cameras? Nope. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of times, but then eventually found a yes, right. noted the address, and then kept going. And then when they wanted to turn on the attack, just told mm-hmm. all, all of these cameras to, to uh, do a you know, distributed de- denial of service attack on DNS servers. Anyway, seems to me like a lot of these internet things of things devices aren't all that secure. <laughs> Apparently uh, not. And that may be, you know, I just linked before the show started to a, a two-year-old or a year-old story about... Uh, device makers complaining that Apple's HomeKit, you know, HomeKit was slow to make peripherals for because Apple has stringent security requirements. Mm -hmm. And maybe that makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't all use the same password. (laughs) That's our stringent security requirement. Number one. (laughs) Uh, Breaking news. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I've got, you know, the only thing I've got is this one camera and I, 
don't think it's one of those, but uh, you know, I don't even know how to how I would tell <laughs> if you come in your office and it attacks you. Yeah, it, it, was, it was growling the other day, but I don't think I think that was unrelated. I don't know. I don't um, have any other things to expect on this event. Uh, yeah. Do you? It's probably no. not going to be that big. You know, I think you know. Well, so yeah, so this is this is happening at the campus at the smaller. Yes, it is at town yeah. hall. Yeah. It will almost Venue. certainly be the last town hall event. I mean, mm-hmm. barring some kind of surprise emergency event, sort of like the antenna gate or something like that. I don't, I don't see, you know, I, they even said at the last one that this would probably, that the last one was probably going to be the last town hall event. Mm-hmm. So this one I think is almost certainly maybe they'll, do you think that maybe they'll let us rip out the chairs? They did that at the. <laughs> no. I, th- I think it was at Philadelphia's <laughs> Veteran Stadium, uh, which is no longer there. It's now a parking lot. So, uh, built in like 1971, the VAT, as we called it lovingly, was the home mm-hmm. of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Philadelphia Phillies for I don't know 20 some yeah. years. You know, growing up, we had I don't even remember where these came from, but I, now that you mentioned that, that we had a couple of bleacher seats. Right. I mean, not not, not bench seats, but like wooden seats from something i'm thinking maybe the jets yeah that's possible stadium yeah Yeah. i'll bet before they built the meadowlands right right yeah so they let i forget i think it was a phillies game was the last game and there was i I forget i actually forget if they were allowing fans to take the seats or if fans just did (laughs) did it on their own like people (laughs) <laughs> Some guys from a crew from South Philly came in with a ratchet set and just started taking the seats out. Maybe they'll let us do that at Town Hall and take like a souvenir. Yeah, yeah. take a you know, souvenir. Seat. Was like, we we not only did we so we had those seats and then the other thing that we had were um, when they made the movie The Natural. In order to make it look like the the stands were full, they had these like like cardboard people that they put in, and then they just like they'd intersperse real people here and there to make it look like a real crowd. Um, and so somehow I don't know how we got these, but we had like cardboard people from that movie, and they sat. We put them, we put them in those chairs from the Meadowlands or whatever from you know whatever was before the Meadowlands. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool? That's cool. I didn't know they had cardboard people for that. I think that was yeah. a common trick because it wasn't it isn't it the story that in the, the medal ceremony in Star Wars that most of the people most of the rebels were oh. were cardboard cutouts. Were, were they was it cardboard or was it was it a a matte painting? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. One or the other. Be cool Seems to like it would have been a matte painting, but I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm, maybe I should t- take a big suitcase with me. Yeah, I should. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a hard, hard carry on. Wouldn't that be funny trying to put a chair from down hall into the X-ray machine <laughs> and trying to convince the trying to convince the flight crew you that nail it. you just just get the you know get the I'm concierge just, people to I, nail it for you. This, this will fit in the overhead, no problem. They are they are <laughs> small seats. They might fit in the overhead. Uh, <laughs> What are they getting? I don't know. Are they keeping? I mean, they're, I assume they're keeping Infinite Loop and yes, they are absolutely the yeah. Infinite Loop camp. They're so they're so overflowing with employees and so mm-hmm. in need of office space that I don't uh, I don't even know how they're. I, I they have a bunch of interim buildings in Cupertino. I mean, I don't know how interim interim is, but um, 
I forget what the reason was. Uh, I, I, but I know, I just know that there are Apple buildings in Cupertino that you would never even guess were Apple buildings. It's not even because necessarily they're like secret, like it's, you know, it's not like the Project Titan team or something like that. Just people working on stuff, but that the, there's no more room in Infinite Loop and mm-hmm. the new campus isn't open. And so they're just, you know, anything, you know, I think if you own an office building in Cupertino, it's like <laughs> salad days. Um, and no, I, so I, my understanding is that infinite loop will remain fully occupied. That some, there are certainly some people there who are moving to the new office or the new building, but yeah, they're going to take up all this space. Well, it seems like they might have use for town hall then. Yeah. Cause I'm sure that they could still have team meetings in there and stuff like that. So they might need the seats. (laughs) (laughs) I think they could have a standing meeting. (laughs) Try it. Just see what happens. I don't even know why I want these seats. They're so, they're very small and uncomfortable, so I, I don't even know why I want one. <laughs> I just like the idea of like me and Jason Snell taking them apart. Mm-hmm, sure. Dalrymple could probably – he could easily get Oh, well, yeah, Dalrymple, yeah. He's probably got three already. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's almost certainly broken a few of them already. Yeah. <laughs> um, breaking news. We've got Apple's uh, – as we're recording, Apple's quarterly – Finance. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that coming up. I don't know that... They had a business yet? Uh, I think they're doomed. <laughs> this just says doomed. Well, that's... I'm just reading Tim Cook's remarks. Tim Cook says... Tim Cook, Tim Cook could not be more excited, quote, quote, uh, about iPhone 7, 7 Plus demand, which outstrips supply. That's, you know, no numbers applied to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, so yeah. iPhones above estimates. Yeah, it looks like they're a little bit above, but they're still down year over year, forty five million. But I yeah. think that the consensus was forty three million, so they sold an extra two million. Uh, Mac sales were four point nine million, down from five point seven. But okay. it's just like the whole reason. <laughs> part of the reason that I was willing to record the show before this results is I didn't expect these results to be that exciting. And part of it is just like we've just spent 90 minutes talking about how every single Mac in the lineup is outdated. And <laughs> yeah, right. Anybody, right. you know, so I don't think it's a shock. I don't think it's a sign of problems with the Mac that sales are slightly down. I think it's almost shocking that they were, they weren't down more. Yeah. Um, definitely. He says that the, Tim Cook says they're thrilled with the con- customer response to Apple Watch Series 2 and the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus. But well, the other reason that this quarter is not that interesting is this quarter ended at the end of September. So the only iPhone 7 mm-hmm. sales that are even comp, you know, counted are the like initial opening weekend sales. More yeah. or less. So I don't think there's anything all that interesting here. Average selling price for the iPhone is up, but down for both the iPad and the Mac. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think that makes sense because that I think sense, that, right? I think it makes sense because I think most of the people who are buying a Mac are the people who are not, I'm not even going to say uninformed, but that they don't even care, you know, about yeah. whether it's a year old chipset or something like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I would expect that average selling price of the Mac is going to go up next time we hear from from Apple because <laughs> I think there's a lot of people waiting. Um. Here, let me just take a break here. This is a good time. And thank our third and final sponsor. Uh, I love these guys. They've, they've been with the show for a long time. Uh, MailChimp. 12 million people 
use MailChimp to connect with their customers, to market their products, and grow their e-commerce business every day. When you connect your store with one of MailChimp's hundreds of e-commerce integrations, you can create targeted campaigns, automate helpful product follow-ups, and send back-in-stock messaging. So you could use MailChimp. You think like, oh, all you do with them is you send newsletters. Well, you could do a lot more. Anything by email you can do with MailChimp. So you can do things like if you have a store, have people notified by email when the thing that they were looking for that was out of stock, when it's back in stock. And it'll just happen automatically. You don't have to like, you know, it, you just connect it to your backend system. They've got all the integration. Learn what your customers are purchasing and then send them better email that is actually targeted to what they've actually expressed an interest in buying. Um, when you connect your store to MailChimp, they analyze the purchase history of each customer to make smart, data-driven predictions about what they'll want to buy in the future. It's enterprise-level technology made simple for everyone, and it's just drag-and-drop. It's like everything else in MailChimp where it's very, very visual. It looks good. It's not you know, like you're in the midst of like an Excel table where you're connecting all this stuff in a database or something like that. It's all very visual, highly, highly visually oriented. Uh, really great stuff. You can integrate with things like WordPress, Facebook, Shopify, Magento. Uh, you can't, they have a list of things that they integrate with. I'd be here all day if I read them all. Um, really great stuff. You can connect your MailChimp account with hundreds of powerful web services and you can sync the applications you use to run your business and break down the data silos between different platforms and your workflow becomes more efficient. Um, pricing. Here's what here's Mailchimp's pricing is amazing. You can send twelve thousand emails a month to a list of up to two thousand subscribers with Mailchimp's forever free plan, though a few features are only available to paying users. So for free, you can go up to up to two thousand subscribers and twelve thousand emails a month. As long as you've got two thousand or fewer subscribers across all lists in your account, you can send up to twelve thousand emails per month without paying Mailchimp a dime. They don't even ask for a credit card doesn't make any sense to me. It's a good deal. As a paying customer, you can send more than 12,000 emails a month, access additional features, and remove MailChimp's badge from your campaign footers. Uh, visit MailChimp.com today to get started. That's MailChimp.com. Love MailChimp. Speaking of the live show, they sponsor the live show, I think, every year. Mm -hmm. They always pick up, the, uh, pick up the bar tab. Gotta love that. Good guys, good crew, good stuff. Uh, I think friend of the show, Ben Thompson, sends his, uh, his daily update through MailChimp. Very happy user of MailChimp. Uh, what else we got? I got a Google Pixel. Oh, yeah, yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, a little bit. Do you have any questions? What questions do you have for me? I've been using it for about a well, week. Well, you were doing a little um, Siri and Assistant comparison, weren't you? Uh, I have been, Yes. You want to talk about that, or are you, or are you I, saving that for a, I, no, I, for it's, a blowout? Uh, no, I, it's hard to do. I don't know if I'm going to do like a big, massive comparison, but I have to say, like, just keeping both devices with me and doing the same things on both devices, I, I, I do admit, I think that overall, I think Google Assistant is a little bit ahead of Siri in some ways, and and the main way that I think it's ahead is just in the way that Google web search is the best web search that they're still ahead of Bing 
and you know DuckDuckGo and other search engines, but just things that you expect to find through traditional Google, where you just type Google.com in a browser and type a thing in a box, and you expect to get the right answer from Google. Google Assistant can answer those type of things in general better than Siri. Um, but for the things I actually ask from Siri and Google Assistant, I, they're a lot closer than to me that the conventional wisdom would have you mm-hmm. think. That the conventional wisdom to me is that Google is kicking ass in this area and that Apple Siri is a piece of useless garbage. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying it, it sounds like hyperbole, but I mean, I see this all the time. I see people writing this. This just seems to be the assumption yeah. that a lot of people have. Yeah. And it just isn't backed up in real life. Um, I did an example on Saturday. I know that it was Saturday and I was, I couldn't remember. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, oh, I hadn't, I did not, I hadn't heard that. I couldn't remember when Dallas played again. I was an honest question. I was, Pretty sure, and uh, but I asked both devices, when does Dallas play? And I didn't say the Dallas Cowboys. I just said, when does Dallas play? And uh, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Google Assistant gave me uh, like a, a, a Dallas Cowboys score from two weeks ago. Which is not does was not the answer to the question, even though it and it shows you what it thinks it heard. It heard me say, "When does Dallas play?" Uh, Siri, on the other hand, I said, "When does Dallas play?" Said which team and offered me uh, the Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Cowboys, and uh, whatever their ice hockey team is. And I tapped Dallas Cowboys, and then Siri correctly told me that Dallas plays the Philadelphia Eagles next Sunday at eight thirty on Sunday Night Football. Um. Correct answer. I mean, and yeah. I, a lot of my examples that I find where Siri works better than both Alexa and Google now seem to be sports based. It seems like yeah, like, that's what I was gonna say. It does seem like they they have spent a bunch of time making sure that sports stuff works well. Yeah, and part of it is that the, the I don't know. Part of it is Siri and what Siri says to you, and part of it is that they've Apple has partnered with Yahoo Sports, and Yahoo Sports seems to have a, not just good information, but it seems to have it. Uh, structured in a way that Siri can really take advantage of it. Um, and, you know, so maybe, you know, my perspective as somebody who's a relatively big sports fan is, you know, maybe better suited to Siri's sports focus than people who aren't. But mm-hmm. I just think that the general idea that the Google Assistant is way, way, way ahead of Siri is just not true. And then the other thing that I just linked to the other day was uh, MKBHD, uh, uh, Marquez Brownlee. Who does these amazing? Yeah, one of the. Yeah, I, I saw that. He's like you know when I hear about people who are like professional YouTubers and I see some of their videos, I'm like I cannot believe that this is a professional. And then I see his, and I'm like, well, he's like, <laughs> he was like born to be on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he does all the video work himself. I've seen him doing it in the hands-on areas at the Apple events, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's like he's a one-man studio. It is absolutely amazing watching him work. But anyway, he had a comparison of Siri versus uh, Google Assistant. And it was remarkable to me how many of them were exactly the same, both in response time and accuracy. Yeah. I thought, you know, and I think overall... I was surprised. And you know what I found very interesting was I assumed that Assistant was much better at um, the contextual questions where you ask it one question and then you ask a following question that plays off that previous question. Right. Um, I always, I just assumed that Assistant would be 
much better. It, 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 actually, I think it is better. But um, I was what I was really surprised about was that Siri got any of them at all. Right. I just assumed that it wouldn't. That from question because I've never actually experienced that personally. But um, I haven't tried it recently. And every it seemed like every time I tried it before, it it's like it doesn't. It's like you know, it's being hit on the head each time. It doesn't remember what the previous question was. Right. And what we're talking about would be sequences of queries. Mm-hmm. Like if you said, "Hey, what what is the Hey Dingus? What's the Dallas Cowboys record?" And then after you get the answer, then if you said, "When do they play next?" Right. And so your query is, "When do they play next?" And you're assuming that the assistant can pick up that they means the team you just asked about ten seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was he was talking about presidents or something like that, and you know, like oh, I remember when was when was so and so born, and yeah. how tall, and then and then how tall is he? Who's the president of the United States? How yeah, tall yeah. is he? Yeah, that's um, right. You know, and I think Google Assistant got that one right, and Siri did not. Like, <laughs> I think Siri humorously, I, Google Assistant said, you know, Barack Obama is six foot one inches tall, and and Siri gave him the height of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not perfect, but yeah. uh, there were some basic ones though, like you know, what's the weather? Where they the the exact same speed was all was almost striking. You'd almost think that they were hooked up to the same back end, given how <laughs> how similar the response times were. Mm-hmm. And Apple provide uh, Siri provided a little bit more um, like charts and graph kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and maybe that stuff comes from. Uh, um, Wolfram Alpha. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, there, there's one thing that uh, that uh, MKBHD missed in his comparison, and I wasn't fully aware of it either. I kind of, I, I kind of knew this vaguely, um, especially because I've been using AirPods for the last month. But then somebody on Twitter called it out. I don't know who, so I'm sorry for not giving you credit. But which is that Siri responds differently based on how you invoke it. And so if you do it mm. purely by voice with a hey dingus, you get more <laughs> back uh, auto, audio through audio than you do if you use the home button. If you use the home button, Siri makes the assumption that you're ready to touch things. So just for example, my example from the other day oh. when I asked about when, quote, when does Dallas play, unquote, it gave me an on-screen listing of which, which Dallas and the three teams, and I could tap it. But if I was doing it through AirPods, it would be an audio prompt. Oh, Okay. Um, How would it? Uh, it would just ask you, like it would name. It would name them. Out? I think so. I could. Okay. I could try it and get back. Get back to you. But <laughs> yeah, don't do it right now. Uh, but I think I've seen that too, where I have another, uh, at least one other Amy in my context, and so it's like if I say text Amy, blah blah blah. If I'm doing it through the AirPods, I can I can answer just audio audioly that I want. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. I want my wife, not the other one. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting difference. But it's just I, – I really do think that the, that the conventional wisdom on the, where Siri stands compared to the state of the art is way off. It may be behind. I, I wouldn't – I probably wouldn't dispute that overall. But it's so multivariate in so many different areas. And there are clearly some areas where Siri is actually ahead that I, I do think that they're all in the same ballpark at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, and, and I don't and I don't have a device currently that uh, will will do that assistance, so I haven't played around with it in a long time. 
and you know I'm just relying on what everybody says and it, but it sure really is like <laughs> conventional wisdom that it, it, Google is so much far ahead and it does not seem to be really that far ahead yeah I would almost say that if anything the conventional wisdom isn't so much underestimating Siri as overestimating Google Assistant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again for like trivia questions it is a little better because it's just, you know, like if you just treat it as a vocal input for the Google search box. But for a lot of contextual stuff, it's not. Yeah. And it doesn't know things like uh, I could never, I couldn't, couldn't figure out how to take a screenshot on my Pixel and asking Google Assistant was absolutely no help. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm not shocked that it wasn't a help, but it does seem like if you're supposed to be able to talk to your device, it seems like the device, you know, and eventually it should be the case that you could, if you're, if you have a phone that has a Google assistant, you should be able to say, how do I take a screenshot? And it should be able to tell you, don't you think? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, (laughs) it seems like that's, that's exactly what it should get right because that's what they have complete control over. Right. I mean, that kind of, you know, it's like, you know, spotlight for, but by voice. Yeah. The trick with taking a screenshot on the, the Android devices is that you, you press the power button and volume down. Uh, but you have to press them at the same time. Maybe not quite at, you know, like a hundredth of a second, same time. But if you press one before the other, it doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. if you press volume down even slightly before the power, you'd immediately start changing the, the volume. And if you turn power and don't quite hit volume down within the, very slip, small fraction of a second, it like powers, you know, brings up the "Do you want to turn your phone off?" thing. Yeah, I had, a, <laughs> I wasn't sure how to reboot um, the iPhone Seven because when Karen and Hank both got theirs, I had to, I was setting theirs up, restoring their their backups to their phones, and at one point, one of them froze, and I had to force restart it, and <laughs> yeah, because now it's now it's the power. What does it know? It's the no, it's volume button. Yeah, and the power button. Yeah, I think you and, hold down b- both yeah. volume and and power or something. Yeah, like and that. I think I ended up just doing it by accident because I was just trying everything and so because <laughs> I couldn't understand why it wasn't working <laughs> when I was doing the home button and the and the power button. Uh, what other? Do you have any other Pixel questions? Um, I will so, say. Well, my, so uh, you know, everybody seems to think that it looks. I don't think it looks that great, but. How does it feel in real life? It's. I got the smaller one. I got the five inch one, and I realized that after I forget how many Android phones I've had over the last few years, but they've all been way too big for my taste. And this is mm-hmm. the first. This is the first Android phone I've ever purchased that is either not a piece of junk and not too big. It's. Okay. It is clearly a little bigger than the iPhone, uh, the four point seven inch iPhones. I mean, not just you know, looking at it, but it feels a little bigger. It is a little wider, which is the biggest difference, but it's nowhere near as wide as an iPhone seven plus. And so it's, you know, I could live with this as the size of my phone. So I, I appreciate that. That's the small one. And it's, it's bigger than the iPhone seven. Yeah. It's exactly as much bigger as you would think, given that this, that the display is five inches instead of 4.7 inches. And when you just look at it and you can kind of see that it has a chin and forehead of roughly the same proportions as an iPhone, Mm -hmm. you know, just that basic, you know, the fact that looking at it front on, it 
clearly. I don't even. I, I, I think it's almost admirable that they're not denying it that it looks like an iPhone. It feels exactly as much bigger as you would think, given that the display is a little bigger. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's, so, it, interesting it is, that, it, that that's the stage. <laughs> That's what's going on in that market because um, we have some friends and uh, and the, her her father um, recently bought his first iPhone um, after having Android for years because he wanted he got the SE because he wanted a smaller phone and he could simply could not get one in the Android market. Right. Well, it's nowhere near SE sized, so there's still yeah no yeah no clearly not a gaping hole in the Android market at that size. But yeah, you know this is the to mind. I, I think Sony has had some phones roughly this size that are considered high end Android phones, but I've never used one. So yeah, but what I find that really funny because that's always one of the things that people say is the, the advantage of an, the Android ecosystem is that you have so many different um, manufacturers that you can right. get a phone any kind of phone that you want. And any kind of phone that you want, as long as it's not a four-inch screen. <laughs> right. As long as it's giant. Yeah, right. As long as it's huge. Uh, I, d- I don't know quite what the, I, you know, I don't know. I've always, I think part of that is too, is that they need it for battery life. That battery life is in general worse on Android than iOS. Mm. And I, okay. I'm not quite sure though. Um, I will say battery life on this device is fine. It seems exactly equivalent to the iPhone 7 with extended mm-hmm. use. Uh, well, it's a little bit thicker at one end, right? Because it yes, doesn't have a camera. It, it doesn't it, have a camera bump. It, it, it It's like wedge-shaped. Right. I can't believe that nobody commented on this at the original yeah. debate, but or, or yeah. not debate, the, uh, the event, <laughs> well. product introduction <laughs> event, where I was like, if it doesn't have a camera bump, but the it's thicker on one end than the other, is it a wedge shape or is it like a step design where the glass part is thicker and the other part is thinner and there's a step in between? And the answer is it's a wedge shape. A gent, you know, it's obviously yeah. not quite as wedge shaped as like a MacBook Air, right. but there is a wedge shape to it. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. Yeah, I mean, people, yeah, well, people were saying, oh, look, there's no, there's no camera bump, ha ha ha. And they thought, well, wait a minute, there has to be, you know, I mean, uh, either, either people were wrong about the fact that there had to be a camera bump because of physics. <laughs> or right. or it has to be thicker, one or the other. It's a, f- you know, uh, it's sort of un like but I think camera bumps are un like I can't decide yeah. what would be more un like Right, right. The camera bump or a wedge shape. Mm-hmm. It does feel a little, a little on top heavy in my hand because it's thicker at the top than the bottom, but not yeah. too much. And even when I, and maybe it's my imagination almost, because when I balance it on my finger, the balance point is only slightly towards the top instead of the center point. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it doesn't have a camera bump is nice. Yeah, I will okay. say. I mean, I don't uh, have a camera bump either, but <laughs> the touch ID sensor is extremely fast. It's at, uh, if it's not as fast as Apple's, it's close to as fast. It takes suspiciously sh- shorter time to train <laughs> than Apple. <laughs> And I just reset an iPhone, another iPhone the other day and went through it again. So it, the memory, it's not, it is fresh. It definitely takes fewer lift, lift and put it back down to get your finger registered with the Pixel fingerprint sensor. So either, mm-hmm. either they're actually training it a lot faster than Apple or they're... <laughs> they're looser about it. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know, I, you know, but I can't, yeah. I certainly haven't had, you know, I've tried using other fingers and it never falsely unlocks the phone. So it seems mm-hmm. all right. Camera's good. They have yeah, one. Yeah, so it seems. Yeah, it seems like. I, I mean, some people were questioning. I mean, everybody seemed to think that it was you know at least as good as the iPhone 
one and some people maybe thought it was even better and then the other people were saying how can you say that look at this look at how yellow this picture is and i was like i don't see i don't see any yellow in that picture i don't know what you're talking about you know i've taken some side by side i've gone out sometimes in the daytime and you know had both phones with me and there was a theater around the corner from our house that that just got just blown up uh i guess they didn't blow it up but they ripped it apart now it's a big hole in the ground which i for some reason find an interesting thing to take pictures of uh and they you know they both look very good to me it is you know it's ad you know i can't say that one is better than the other but they both look good every once in a while one will look a little better than the other i find that the pictures are way closer between the two than in a lot of the examples i linked to last week i linked to a whole bunch of Google Pixel reviews, and most of them had like side-by-side comparisons with the iPhone 7 camera. And some of them made the iPhone 7 pictures look very washed out to me, where I would just say the color, it just seemed like they were much brighter, like if somebody took a picture of a field of grass side-by-side, that the Pixel one looked bright green and very nice, and that the iPhone one looked a little drab, which doesn't match my experience Mm -hmm. with the iPhone camera at all. And it really makes me wonder whether what processing they were doing with the images to get them from here to there. In my use side by side, the the colors are very, very similar between the two cameras. Um, yeah. I mean, they have yeah. a nice, they have and a nice I'm not, I'm, not <laughs> I'm also definitely not a, um, enough of a camera person. So, I mean, like I, I've said this before, but I feel like the camera topped out for me at, at the, the iPhone four. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite feature of the whole phone i think is that there's a uh, system-wide shortcut where if you double tap the power button it puts you in camera mode no matter what you're doing so if the phone is hmm. off and locked double tap it and you're in that quickly i just did it and you're in that's cool um if you're using the phone like you're just reading your email and you want to take a picture of something quick double tap that button and you jump to camera mode and the camera mode does start up about as fast as you could reasonably expect ready to take a picture um that's a really cool feature and i think on the iphone it's i i've just started getting used to the lift to whatever they call it oh yeah raise to raise to wake the phone wake yes and my favorite aspect of raise to wake with the iphone 7 is you raise to wake and if you want to take a picture you just slide the the lock screen to the left and you're in the camera yeah and so i've really gotten used to that so when my phone if i see something i want to take a picture of quickly i can take it out of my pocket raise to wake almost always turns on when i take it out of my pocket and just start sliding to the left anywhere i don't have to aim for like a little camera icon in the corner or anything anymore love Mm -hmm. that feature uh i actually think that that's probably a little better than the double tap the button that this pixel has but when you're actually already in the phone and unlocked i think that the the pixel shortcut is actually quicker yeah having something universal i mean i guess you can you can swipe up and then but that's not as quick as double tapping that button. no no and it's also you know sometimes doesn't work right right Double tapping I mean, this I've button noticed, always works. I can't remember which app it is, but there's an app that I use. Oh, it's actually Notes. Um, I have a like if I'm in a note. I don't know. Now it seems to be working. Maybe maybe because maybe um uh maybe that got fixed in the most recent update. But I was having a hell of a time invoking the control center thing, whatever that thing is called at the bottom, um, and Notes. I did the thing um, where you can connect the pixel to your iPhone through a cable in the initial Mm -hmm. setup and it'll slurp over what it can. 
And you know this, I, I put in a Slack that we're both members of, but the, right. it, it's, it makes the pixel look like a PC to yeah. the iPhone. And you, that's what the adapter is. The adapter is like a USB-A theme. So the iPhone will give you the, do you trust this computer prompt that it's supposed to, to make sure you're not getting hacked. Uh, you know, so, so is this just for pictures? No, it, it will do all sorts of things, including your SMS messages and my messages. Wow. Um, if, well, here's the, there is a catch. Mm-hmm. The catch is while you're going through the setup, I have my, my iPhone, uh, backups encrypted, uh, they tell you that if you'd like to slurp over all that stuff, you have to you have to connect your connect your iPhone to okay. iTunes and turn off backup encryptions or encrypt your backups, uh, and then it'll be able to do it. Otherwise, it will only be able to get your pictures um, and maybe something uh, one or two other things. I was like, thanks, but no, no thanks. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not that interested in it. So I did have it slurp over all my pictures and. It didn't get them all. I don't really know what the hell happened. But part of it, I think, is the fact that I've got uh, obviously. This is what I think is the problem is is I have iCloud photo library on. So, however many tens of thousands of photos I have in my overall iCloud library, they're not all on my iPhone. So it only grabbed some of the the ones that are actually present. And then the worst part was <laughs> it took fifteen hundred and ninety of them, <laughs> and. And the day that I did this was October 20th, and it gave all 1,590 of my photos the date of October 20th, 2016. <laughs> yeah. And most of them were, I think what happened, I haven't done like a full investigation, but I think what happened is that these were images where they didn't have the date in the EXIF data, that the date was only the file date, the file system date. My phone, oh. my iPhone knows exactly what date they were picked my you know on my mac everywhere i've had these photos like they they were in my iphoto library from back when iphoto was a thing i've had these photos most of them were like 10 years old a lot of them were the images that from until like 2006 or so i was i think around 2006 i still shot a lot of images on 35 millimeter film with a with an slr uh-huh. and then what i would do is when i got those photos developed i would have them scan i would have the photo development place scan them to a cd and a lot of them were those images. Yeah. And okay. I just think that they didn't put XF data in them, I think. But the dates just came from the dates on the CD. You know, okay. like the files had dates. They just weren't, like, official meta. Anyway, Google gave me 1,600 photos on that date. And it was – that 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 wasn't good. Um, <laughs> I, would, I, I think I would have been better off. I, I, I don't know. That to me, the, the upgrade from your phone is a little bit of a gimmick. I, I don't know. I think I would have been better off setting it up fresh. But, but it, it took it. It took it from a backup, or, or you just I, had to, you just had to connect. You just had to turn off the encryption. I, I, oh, because it was probably the phone. Your iPhone was thinking, "Oh, I'm yes. only going to give anything an encrypted backup." Yes, exactly. That's why. Yeah, I right. Get it. Okay. Exactly. So you have yeah. to. T- yeah, that's. I, I didn't know. I never really thought about how that worked, but that's apparently yeah. how it worked, and I had yeah. no interest in that. I wasn't curious enough about how it worked to do that. Yeah, so. I didn't realize that anything other than iTunes could get your. I mean, I guess it makes sense if it's not encrypted, but I mean, right. th- that I, I've just never had any experience with that. Anything right. other than iTunes getting stuff. I mean, obviously. Uh, camera. There's other camera apps that can grab the photos, yeah. um, but I didn't know that like things like SMS messages were also possible. Yeah. Uh, what else? Fingerprint fingerprint sensor on the back. No good. 
It is it's inconvenient as you would. No, as I, oh no, I didn't. Yeah, there's not on the back. Yeah, it's where the Apple logo is on an iPhone. Yeah, it's you know it's not the worst, but you do have to you you, you do have to fish around for it sometimes. Yeah, uh, and you can't. I can't figure out why sometimes I can wake the phone by doing it, and sometimes I can't. Uh, it just is not as good as having the fingerprint sensor where Apple put it. Um, yeah. Now it could be that I'm you know got a couple of years of iPhone experience and that's a little subjective, but uh, I don't think so. Uh, what else? Material. It's the aluminum is actually like more of a matte finish than Apple's. It doesn't really feel as nice, but I think it's less slippery, so there's a practical advantage to it. Uh, I think it's very cute. I got the black one, of course. Mm-hmm. I think it's very strange that they named the color quite black, like which is a very googly, cutesy thing, when in fact it's not quite black at all. In fact, uh, honest to God, the better name for it would be not quite black because it's very, <laughs> very clearly just a dark gray, and the display is black. So when yeah. you look at it, especially in sunlight, both on the front and the rear, it's, it is definitely dark gray, not black. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems very funny to me that they named it quite black. Yeah. I mean, not quite black would be even funnier. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be like a funnier joke and more accurate. <laughs> uh, what else? And other than that, it's a very nice phone. I do think that this OLED display, I, I've compared it. The best comparison I can think of is looking at Instagram and I look at the same photos on both phones on Instagram. Uh, and, Especially in, in to me in incandescent lighting, meaning photos that are taken indoors uh, at you know nighttime, the I I don't think it's it's not the camera because the, the, these images are from Instagram. It's the display. It makes people look sort of yellowy. It makes it it the OLED display to me gets mm. it, it's a very orangey yellowy color that looks un it doesn't look like to me what a room looks like in indoor lighting whereas the iPhone does so i i'm still skeptical about OLED as a replacement for LCDs on on these devices uh and then last but not least i still really dislike android <laughs> Well, I hope my pictures look look good on my magic toolbar. <laughs> I'm kind of worried about that. I will say this. I would summarize it like this. If I could run iOS on this device, <laughs> I, I would not be as happy as I am with the iPhone 7. But I, this is the first Android device I've ever used where I think I'd be fine. And I wouldn't hate my life every day that I had to do it. If I could run <laughs> iOS on this device, it would be fine. It is by far and away the nicest Android phone I've ever used. Oh, wow. Um that's pretty and good. I could, you know, I I would need an entire three hour episode of the show to go through what I don't like about Android. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, have a good time on Thursday. All right. Pick up a couple you. of MacBooks for me. I will try to get you a chair. Be in a chair. <laughs> My thanks to our sponsors, Mailchimp. Uh, go to Mailchimp.com and and now you can hook up your your email newsletters to your store. Go to Audible dot com slash talk show and get yourself a 30-day free trial of audible content and last but not least casper.com slash the talk show where you can save 50 bucks towards any human mattress